Hello, once again, you're listening to the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud, spreading truth and accurate information. And again, I want to thank Malcolm, and I want to thank this platform for giving us the opportunity, working with people like Dr. Harvey Reich, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter Bregan, Ginger Bregan, all of these warriors, Tom Wentz, everyone. We have to, we have to wage a battle because we are being censored and silenced. And had it not been for us, the warriors like we are, and you in joining us, you the person out there listening, you are our soldiers in this battle, side by side. Had it not been for us, they would have overtaken us and overrun us. <clears throat> Today, I have many things on my mind, and uh, I wanted to just touch base on several of them. What I wanted to reach out today, first of all, is that <clears throat> I read some studies recently focusing on this spike protein. Remember, <clears throat> this messenger RNA technology gene injection that you get injected into your deltoid, your arm, uh, what is supposed to happen is that the, um, the spike proteins were originally supposed to be taken up by the muscle cells etc and um, spike protein produced we found out that it enters the limb system the the blood circulation and goes all over the body the vaccine the content of the vaccine the lipid nanoparticles with the mrna uh, payload and all of these tissues and cells in your body all of the cells in your body this is what you need to understand why this is so dangerous why people like mccullough and myself are, and Dr. Van den Bosch, etc., Dr. Yeden, Dr. Reich, Dr. Tenenbaum, why we've been fighting against this and saying that these, these gene injections must be stopped, pulled from market. Pulled. Why? Because the fact of the matter is that the content of the vaccine goes to every cell of your body. Every cell in your body is going to be making spike protein 24 hours a day, minute by minute, for the rest of your life you see the media is not telling you how i'm telling it to you pfizer and Moderna is not telling you this the makers of the vaccine all involved is not telling you the truth i'm a very blunt honest person and you're gonna have to understand if you want to listen to me you're gonna get it raw the spike protein this whole process was manipulated so that they can hide the messenger RNA from your immune system, from those uh, molecules, etc., enzymes that would normally break it down. Normally, the mRNA would be a one-off use in a cell when it's, trans when it's read by the ribosomes and translated into the protein that was being made. Then the mRNA lasts an hour or two and is dissolved, and it comes out in your waist. That's what's happening here. What has happened here is they made some changes to the mRNA, the synthetic mRNA, so that it hides from your immune system. They, they, they swapped out the uracil and, and placed methylated pseudo-uracil. And that hides the mRNA from your immune system. So the mRNases that would normally dissolve can't do that. They put molecular caps molecules at the end, the five prime, three prime end of the mRNA strand so that to stabilize it 
etc. And as part of this process, so that uh, the mRNA is churning out spike constantly. It's not a one-off. In other words, you are making spike protein for the rest of your life, 24 hours a day while you sleep. Your cells are making spike protein. That's why there are people who complain of relentless headaches nonstop, that unless they take painkillers, it doesn't stop. That their hearts are swollen. They have myocarditis, pericarditis, inflammation. Remember, the spike protein is the business end of the virus, the actual coronavirus. The spike protein is the deadly toxic part. That's the part that allows the virus to gain entry the interfacing of the spike binding sites with the ACE2 receptor on the surface of your cells allows the rest of the viral ball to enter your cell and then degauge itself of the genetic material, etc. And then it uses your cell's metabolic machinery at a cellular level to reproduce itself. I, I don't have to get into the virology and the immunology and the biochemistry here. I'm just trying to tell you 24-7, you're making spike. So <clears throat> why am I opening up with this? Why is this on my mind today? It's on my mind because remember, in the beginning, the CDC, the NIH, and the FDA lied to you. They lied to us. They misled us. They are liars, duplicitous, deceiving, conniving liars. They told you. They put it on their site, CDC, that the mRNA is dissolved quickly, does not stay in your cells, does not stay in you, and it's gone. One off. They lied. They said it, they said that the vaccine stays at the injection site. They lied. Everything was a lie. We know that the vaccine goes all over the body. The lipid nanoparticle that encases that mRNA payload, it's devised and designed to take whatever the payload is, the molecular payload, the drug payload, whatever, to every crack and crevice, every tissue and cell in your body. So they lied. They deceived. They defrauded us. We know that the mRNA and the vaccine does not stay at the injection site in the deltoid. We know that. We know that fully. We have a lot of information. We know that the mRNA is not destroyed right away. I remind you that as part of this development, the game plan was they needed to get the mRNA into the vaccine content, into every, they needed to get it to the lymph nodes. Why? Because in the lymph nodes have dendritic type cells <clears throat> that would make the spike protein prolifically. And they needed to get it into the spleen, etc. Those lymph nodes that make that have dendritic cells that make massive amounts of spike. The problem was they decided they were they were considering injecting you into your groin initially to target the lymph nodes there. And they realized that it would not work. People would not do that. People would not take that vaccine. So they had a problem with the mRNA. They can't inject it into the groin or directly into lymph nodes because the groin lymph node they could have accessed easily. Maybe they might have considered under the arm. 
or maybe under the jaw, in the neck area, where the lymph nodes are. They wanted to get access direct so that those dendritic cells in those lymph nodes could produce spike massively. But they had a problem. The problem was the messenger RNA would get degraded if it once they once they introduced it. If they just took the messenger RNA genetic material and 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 introduced it into you via vaccine, a liquid medium, your immune system at a cellular level, your body would have attacked the mRNA and destroyed it. So they had to come up with a transport vehicle that could one protect the mRNA and two, transport it everywhere. That's where the lipid nanoparticles came along. But the mRNA by itself is deadly and toxic. The lipid nanoparticle, the fatty ball that encases the mRNA is toxic and deadly too. The whole complex is deadly. Now, why I'm telling you all of this is, I looked at some studies that are showing that uh, I wrote a substack. Remember my substack, Alexander COVID News. If you get a chance, please go to my blog, Alexander COVID News. It's free. I have no restrictions. And you could read anything you want on what I publish daily. And uh, there's a minimal fee of 29 bucks a year if you wanted to support me. It really does help me financially. But you go to that substack. I wrote one. The title of the blog was, how long does spike protein or the mRNA or the vaccine, how long does it last in your blood, your tissues, after you've taken the, 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 the COVID injection? Well, I was tongue-in-cheek. I said, well, it really depends on how long they ran the research for. So if they ran the research for one day, they declared at the end, well, the spike protein only stays for one day. If they ran that research for one hour, they'd say, look, the mRNA goes after an hour because these beasts wouldn't tell you that we only ran the study for one hour. If they ran it for six months, they would have said, spike protein, the mRNA lasts six months. If they ran it for a year. So it really depends on how long they run the study for. They don't tell it to you like that. Anyway, what did we find? We found in one study that the mRNA lasts up to 28 days uh, in the blood after vaccine. Researchers had looked at 108 patients with chronic hepatitis C virus and, and they followed them in their, in their clinic and they received the vaccinations. It was a Danish study. And what they found is that in about 10% of, of the patients, 10%, they found full-length traces of the spike protein in their blood uh, up to 28 days after the shot. Another study by Rolfgen et al., Publishing cell found that there was uh, spike protein um, up to 60 days post shot in their blood, in their germinal cells. A third study, um, one by um, Patterson, a third study found that, that the spike protein lasted about four months. They found that one wasn't by Patterson. This third study was by, um, I think the authors of that was Bansal, B-A-N-S-A-L, published in the Journal of Immunology. They found that the spike protein lasted up to about four months. Another study was by Patterson et al. They didn't look at the vaccine directly. They looked at virus, and they found that the spike protein on subunit 
the S1 subunit lasted for up to about 15, 16 months post-infection. Of course, we can extrapolate this, that then vaccine would last up to 16 months from spike. Another study I, I shared showed that the vaccine spike was found in breast milk 48 hours post-shot in the, in the pregnant woman. What's the bottom line? The bottom line is that the spike protein, the content of the vaccine, the lipid nanoparticles, the spike subunits, the mRNA, they stain the blood. This is a very dangerous situation. This is why, this is why we are coming up with all sorts of spike detox formulas right now to try and rid you of the spike protein because that is going to be what is going to plague society for the next couple of decades. You, those who have to, look, the immune system of an unvaccinated person today, of a child who's unvaccinated, is like the gold standard. It's like if you could bottle it, you could get billions of dollars for that immune system. The immune system of an unvaccinated person is potent today. And I wanted to tell you that um, those who've gotten vaccinated, look, I have to be as blunt as I can. The spike is going to stay in you for the rest of your life. Your cells are going, they have not proven an end date for the spike. Why? Because they can't. They didn't do proper studies, definitely not on safety, but they cannot tell you, look, there's no off switch. They set up a system where your cells are going to produce spike every day, every minute of every hour for the rest of your life. And that is a devastating situation because they should have studied what is the, the implications to your immune system to take this kind of, well, at a cellular level to be producing this protein. 24-7, but for your immune system to be at that heightened response level, producing antibodies, you have to understand it that way. Your immune system will detect this foreign protein in you every minute of every hour of every day. It therefore has to mount an antibody response, and, and existing antibodies it made will have to be recalled. So your antibodies will be constantly be boosted because of the presence of the spike being made in you. Do you understand then why there's so much inflammation uh, due to the spike protein in you? Um, you know, I, I didn't really want to talk about that because, you know, it's kind of a morbid situation. But it was very important that I make sure and I remind you this. Um, I don't know how to say it other than I'm very sorry that a lot of people took this vaccine. We try to warn. Now we have to make sure that we keep telling you, do not take any more. No more. No more. And you have to take care of yourself. You have to start making sure that you rest properly, etc. Let your immune system recover. Um, uh, we are trying in the wellness company. Uh, they have made a, um, a good formula with with a with um natokinase n-a-t-t-o-k-i-n-e-s-e and it's part of a spike recovery product and i think it's something that we should use um the reality about it is that um this is not a good situation anyway we're coming to the end of this segment and i'll pick it back up remember you're looking at Amer you're listening to america out loud talk radio and it plays on iheart radio and uh, network and you could listen to my um podcast 
my uh, show goes on to podcast the following day. Listen to it on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Um, you could also go to America Out Loud uh, Navigation Bar and um, look under our shows, our schedule, and look for Dr. Paul Alexander, Liberty Hour. Remember my Substack, Please, it's free. Um, if you go there and just subscribe, you know, you'll get daily news from me. Anything to do with COVID, even world politics. You know, I remain a Trump supporter. I'll be blunt. I also like Ron DeSantis. I don't want them to primary together because Trump will hurt DeSantis for the rest of his governorship. And uh, DeSantis has a big future ahead of him, I suspect. So I think Trump is the kind of man dingo. The kind of ramble we need now to tear up Washington and fix things and jail as many people for what they did with this lockdown lunacy and these vaccines. Remember my book, Presidential Takedown, how Fauci and they worked to topple Trump. Find it at Barnes & Noble and, and Amazon. DrPaulAlexander.com Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash outloud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. And thanks for joining this segment again. And what I want to do with this, uh, in trying to talk to you about what is on your mind, I want to play a portion of a, um, an interview I did with um, with uh, Thomas Carrigan. That's T-H-O-M-A-S-C-A-R-R-I-G-A-N. Young podcast guy, and uh, he's interviewed me a couple of times, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Reish, etc. And um, he had me up to discuss what I thought about the COVID situation. And um, I um, I want to just play this part because I I kind of spoke at lib and naturally, and he wanted me to try and explain some of how we've gotten here. So I want you to hear this, and uh, this is how I run this second segment, and it's really about my thoughts on how we got to where we are. And we will be rotated on Fox every night to come and talk about the lockdowns. Uh, early treatment, and that's the key. I'm very, very involved. Well, I was very involved, still am, with Dr. Zelenko, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rich, in, in forming that early treatment protocol. That early treatment protocol, we wrote that protocol. I was very honored that Dr. McCullough asked me to join with them 
to develop it and write. And we got it published. And that's the only treatment protocol with antivirals, corticosteroids, antiplatelet drugs that people have been using thus far. So we're still in the battle. We're still in the fight. I wanted to introduce today by by saying today what I think, because so much, so 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 many things have come to light in the last two to three years, right? And and our our thinking must evolve. <clears throat> and I want to say today, my best thinking, taking even my biological warfare training at Johns Hopkins to the table. If I took everything to the table. This is what I think happened, why we are here. I think that there was a paper written in 2015 by the lead author, surname was Mina Cherry, M-E-N-A-C-H-E-R-Y. And one of the co-authors was Ralph Barrick from University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. In that, in that 2015 paper, to me, that paper, there was a lot of stuff going on before, especially after SARS-1 in 2003. But that paper was seminal because in that 2015 paper, they described for the first time clearly that they had taken the, um, the spike protein from horseshoe bat and stitched it together with the backbone from a mouse, and they created a chimeric virus for the first time, a chimeric coronavirus that they described that had pathological consequences to human beings because they showed that it could replicate effectively, efficiently in the upper areas, human epithelial cells. So that was a big problem because they humanized the mice that they experimented on. So Humanized mice, you know, the respiratory system, etc., mirrors that closely to human beings. Ideally, you want to run these studies in primates, but if this is the model you're using, and they showed that these, it, it could be transmitted effectively, the upper airways, and they tested vaccines and monoclonal antibodies on that chimera. And it hadn't, it was ineffective, it failed. So it means that they, they said, we've created something that nothing works on, is very dangerous, is pathological, and it has pandemic potential. Well, I mean, and it was funded by the NIH, United States government. That was the main funder, Fauci and they. So if we ever thought about the US being involved in funding the research that came out of of the Wuhan lab or whatever. There was also a part of that research involved University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. I think it's very important. Why I'm saying that is, I think in time we might get to find out that whilst we know it was made in a lab, that's for sure because of the, the information that's in the virus itself, the signatures that tells us this was manipulated. This was, this was, this was developed, this was not from natural evolution, it didn't jump from an animal to a human. This, this particular aspect, this was dealt with in a lab. The key is, it, has, it came from a lab. The question is, which lab? So when they say, oh yes, well, they, now they're saying this came from a lab. 
Notice they're not telling you which lab. They're letting you feel it's from China. But it is a potential, Tommy, that it came, that it might have actually been released on U.S. soil in North Carolina. And it, yes, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a very troubling thing that we may get to learn. We're we just speculating still that the what we've been dealt with actually had very strong origin in the United States and particular individuals, officials, agencies, etc. I believe then, I believe, I'm, I'm just trying to make sense of it, Tommy, that um, something got out after that research by you know, Cherry and Day. When I say got out, I think it was released. I am not using the term intentional today. We may get to find out it was an intentional release. So let's speculate from if it was intentional, you talk about an act of war. Yeah. But let's just play right now and see it was accidentally released. I'm saying it was accidentally released after they completed those experiments, somewhere after. And um I believe that um in that accidental release it got loose. And I believe it was circulating. When it emerged in February of 2020, let's say we started to detect cases and whatever. Some people even say December 2019 in China. I am saying, from what we are seeing in day, today, this was circulating for a couple of years before, the, before then. And some of my colleagues are saying, you know, there's a potential for that we could even, we could see that now. I said, I'm saying they have to prove to me today that it was not circulating. I'm trying to say that this pathogen, this influenza-like illness that caused a, a type of acute respiratory distress, pneumonia-type symptoms, was circulating a couple of years even before 2020 February. So then people will say, well, Paul, what, 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 what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that when we detected it in February and March of 2020 with the RT-PCR process, because that's not really a test. That's just a process to amplify DNA. That's a flawed detection tool because anything over 24 cycles is viral dust, viral fragments, non-infectious, non-culturable virus. So we were cycling at 40 and 45 everybody was going to be positive. And that's, we shut this society down and the world with an over-cycle, over-sensitive test. That's something that must be made clear. The PCR test is one of the issues that doomed the pandemic response and was used to really spook and traumatize somebody like President Trump and the world because everybody was, was positive. Now, back to what I'm saying. I am saying that it was always circulating, benign, low consequence. We detected it officially in February, March of 2020 with the PCR test. We detected something that was always circulating. And the players involved knew that. They knew this pathogen, this influenza-like illness was always circulating. In my opinion today, certain parties decided to use this 
virus that they knew was circulating to create a pandemic, a crisis beyond what it was. And I would go through the two years for you and show you what I mean. So much so to impact the presidential election in November and topple President Trump. And if you tell me, are you crazy? I say, but he's not president, right? They did topple him. Yeah. That's the point. And they used the mail-in ballots, all of this madness. But my point is, and if you say, but Paul, that, that's a fascinating thing that you're saying, interesting. Well, I'm trying to say that, that we detected something in February, March that was always there at a low level. You say, but what do you mean by that? Well, as I, I'm trying to say that this was whatever these people created in the lab, they got loose did have, did operate like an influenza-like illness, just like the common cold or the flu or other coronaviruses. So let's say this is a coronavirus, as they say it is. That's an influenza-like illness, like the flu, like the common cold, causes respiratory symptoms. Pathological, problematic for people 85 and over or so with underlying medical conditions. So it will not be behaving unlike it should. If this is a respiratory illness, it will always be a challenge for elderly people, especially if you have underlying medical conditions. So it operated like how it should. So I'm saying that over the last years, a few years, a period of time, before we detected it with the PCR test in February, March 2020, it was circulating and it was killing here and there our elderly, but not that if you looked at the observed deaths versus expected deaths to see if there was any excess mortality, it will not be appreciably different because it was mild. I said so earlier, what they created was a mild pathogen that got loose. It was not lethal at that point. It was mild. And we had normally, normally, if there's a new condition that hits a society or a city, the CDC, when it sends out its outbreak team, will come, do an outbreak investigation, and then they would list what, a, to the, they, they have to come up with a case definition. The, the, the epidemiological investigators that come to the scene leads with a case definition. They have to, at the end of the investigation, define um, officially, what makes a case? Why? Because as part of the investigation, and this is how it's done, they have to then, in the olden days, fax every doctor, every hospital, every clinic, this case definition of this issue. Meaning, from then on, if somebody presents to you in emergency ward, in your, in your office, in the doctor's office, with these constellation of symptoms, and the, the case definition would be, it must include these six, but it, it includes these six symptoms, fever, rash, headache, whatever, six of them. I'm giving you an example. For it to be an official case, four must be present. That's how it, it happens. And, and they stated, so if this person has four of these six, as an example, it's a case of this new illness we have identified or a case of an existing illness we have identified. I am saying 
that because the cases and the whatever, the deaths, mirrored cold and influenza and coronavirus of the past, that there, and there was no case definition. So nobody was looking for this coronavirus. No one, no hospital, no doctor. It escaped detection and it was captured under normal colds or flu deaths. So people were succumbing to it not at an appreciable level that doctors in ER say, oh, all of a sudden we have a bunch of new deaths, etc." cetera, to, to, to spark their intrigue to investigate further. It was just being ruled as influenza-like death, influenza-like illness, granny's 85, she's sick, she's in nursing home, she's expected to die. I'm speaking to you how it is, because we lose elderly people every day from common cold or the flu, who are 80, 85, and they're, and they're sick to begin with, their immune systems have become sluggish and weak due to what we call immunosenescence, which is a weakening of the immune system, a declining with age. And that's how it is. So I'm saying that come January, February, March, this thing is operating normally. People who are dying, it, it, it was released. I'm saying accidentally. It might be that I get to find out is, is deliberate, but let's go with accidental for now. And here and there, people who had died, people got it, thought it was the cold, thought it was the flu, or I got a bad flu boy. Nobody knew this was coronavirus because nobody was checking fit and there was no case definition. When Powers of being. This is where the nefariousness and the darkness comes in. I'm trying to say that there are a lot of dark malfeasant players was involved, but certain people jumped on too. You know, like the Democrats had the saying, Rahm Emanuel in the past, do not ever let a crisis go to waste. Right. So they decided, you know what? We could take out Trump with this because we could use this to get mail-in ballots. We could use this to punish him and which is what they did because what they, they they told me while I was in Washington, which I will I will say it soon, but I'm I'm moving along a line for you because then people will say, oh, Paul, we kind of accept what you're saying, but we have a little concern with your theory because around May or so, we see like a spike in deaths. If you look at the graphs, the epic curves in all the states, principally, especially the blue states. You see there's a dramatic spike and then it flattened by and, and then other spike, other other peaks. What happened there, Paul, in May, June or so? Well, I could explain that. And the way I'd explain it is this. If you took elderly people, remember places like in New York, in Elm Hospital, Elmwood Hospital, or whatever you call it, they were taking elderly people who were in the hospital for different reasons and shipping them out to nursing homes so that they could make all the beds available for COVID. That was traumatizing people, elderly. If you're an old person and all of a sudden you're in your hospital and all of a sudden they dislocate you and send you to a nursing home or assisted living place that you don't even know anyone and you can't even see anybody, that's number one. So I'm, I'm trying to explain to you, that kills elderly people, I know, from my own family. That, that kills an elderly person. That is so traumatic. Number two, you had people who needed medical help 
in the normal hospital setting could not, because remember, hospitals were all closed. Everything was turned to elective surgery. Nobody with cardiovascular illness, cancers even, and diabetes who needed care, especially heart diseases, etc. Nobody was calling the hospital. You were scared you got COVID. And if you turned up to the hospital, they wouldn't treat you because this is only for COVID. That's what we did. We shut it out to everyone. So ambulance wouldn't even come to pick you up. So we had people who were sick from normal chronic illnesses, but serious sick. And they began to die. Okay. And uh, let me just end off this segment. I'm supporting a company called The Wellness Company. So that's TWC.health. TWC.health. Incidentally, this week they offered free health care to all of the people at the um, in East Palestine, Ohio, who were subjected to um, to losses and stuff. They gave free health care, and they're still. It's an ongoing uh, program. So TWC.health, tell anyone you know in Ohio if they want free medical care, doctors, prescriptions, whatever, they can get it. TWC.health. This company um, will give you access to uncensored content, the ability to schedule virtual appointments with trusted medical professionals, you know, protocols, etc. They operate a fully owned pharmacy, internet, and uh, they devise your own treatment packages, vaccine exempt letters, and so on. So please t- take a look at TWC.health. Um, also, my substack is Alexander COVID News. That is A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. COVID news. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Hey, welcome back to this segment of uh, Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Radio Network. I want to thank Malcolm. I want to thank this network for all of the hard work that they do. You could listen to um to this talk radio at iHeart Radio Network or any media player in any browser anywhere in the world. Remember all my podcasts, all my uh, shows. Go to um, podcast the following day. 
And you could listen to them on um, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, etc. Don't forget my Substack. You could sub- you could subscribe. It's free. Please go to Alexander COVID News. Also, my website, drpaulalexander.com. No spaces, no caps. If you want to support me, go to Zell. And email is sr, s is in Sam, r is in Rebecca, 7283 at gmail.com. And don't forget my book, Presidential Takedown. How Fauci and Burks, CDC, NIH, etc. conspire to hurt President Trump and uh, take him down. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, why I believe in this segment. You know, I want to say, you know, what's on your mind right now? And what's on my mind is I believe President Trump will be reelected as president. Mm-hmm. And um, in the first hour, if he is reelected, I want to, and I believe he will be, I want in his first hour, as he's being sworn in, that he tells the people with him, just go over to the White House, stand up by the door and wait for him. Because as soon as he's finished that Bible, straight to the White House, to the Oval Office. He needs to reverse any liability protection and make it retroactive. So whatever happened under the CARES Act, the PREP Act, reverse it, stop it, rescind it, and make it retroactive. So that means you, me, anyone, any part of this COVID, any vaccine, any drug, anything, we could take these beasts, this Pfizer and Moderna and Bula and Bansal and Fauci, okay, how old he is, and Walensky and Burks and Hahn and Azar, take them all, Barrett, Dazak, all of them, take them into courtrooms and sue them sue them for billions and, and, and take the clothes off their back, put them in the poorhouse in the streets. I want Fauci walking in the streets like a destitute person. All of them, every single person at CDC and NIH, FDA. I want that. President Trump must reverse liability protection that these beasts enjoyed. What Azal did in February 2020 with the PREP Act and the CARES Act was devastating. Devastating. President Trump must understand that and never have Azar near him. Don't even come near Mar-a-Lago. Ban him, banish him, vanquish him. I want him to end second step as he's sitting in that oval in the first hour. End any and all mandates, vaccine mandates, mass mandates, anything. Third, make early treatment drugs available to all doctors and pharmacies, all, and to the public. Let, let the public go up to the shelves in the drugstore and buy it, even in the damn grocery. And no penalties. Make it illegal to penalize any doctor for prescribing early treatment drugs. Ensure that every single employee, be it in the military, the police, nurses, anyone in America, private or public, that were ever laid off, who lost their jobs due to the vaccine mandates, that they get rehired, they get their back pay, and they get an extra little dividend for that pain and suffering so they could make people whole again. I want President Trump, the fifth step is to initiate jailing as many in CDC, NIH, FDA, NIAID, everyone, anyone in his administration, in the Biden administration, put them in jail. It's not just imprisonment. We need a judge to say if you have to jail them. If a judge rules, we jail them. And if a judge says, listen, these people cause lives. They cause people to die. Well, then we need to put 
And if a judge says, I have to admit the death penalty should be on the table, then we put the death penalty on the table. If a judge says that, we put it. And if a judge say, some of these people need to put to be put down, then we're going straight to the gallows. President Trump need to make sure that we get full accountability and these people don't get away for what they did. Trump has also signed an executive order, but he needs to go to Congress and get it passed into law. To end all of this BS executive orders stuff, we need it. We need it law, legal, codified in law. He must end all gain of function research, any and every aspect of it. It is far. It was far too dangerous, and it is far too dangerous to be going into the wild, taking these wild viruses, wild type taking them into the lab and fooling around with them, souping them up, ginning them up, doing all kinds of stuff, playing God in this lab, and you're creating monsters, Frankenstein viruses. He must remove the COVID uh, mRNA gene shots from the child immunization schedule. Remember the FDA recently put it on the immunization schedule. And the CDC went along, the CDC, the CDC and the FDA did this. They conspired together. President Trump must reverse that. I know the states have a right to do what they want. I know that. But but if then Trump needs to remove this vaccine so they have no access to it, then he have to do it. No child. No healthy child. I want to say it this way. We have looked at all of the deaths in America of young people, of children, children age. And we could find, you show me the data. I challenge you who listening to me. Come up to me, write me, send it to me. Show me any case of a healthy child in America who died. You cannot. And that's the same data in Sweden. That's the same data in Germany, etc. No healthy child in America across three years have died from COVID infection. None. Zero. There is no need for any of this COVID gene shot to be on any immunization schedule. These are fast. These are reckless criminals who are doing this. FDA and CDC. President Trump has also outlaw any vaccine passport or anything resembling a vaccine passport. Anything like that, he must stop. He must shut down the corrupted VAERS, the, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System headed up by CDC, V-A-E-R-S. It's garbage. Shut it down. And he needs to implement then a new, fully functional adverse event surveillance system. Imagine, since the beginning of this three years ago, we've been using an antiquated VAERS system that we know from prior research and, and, and tweaking it, that it only collects and orients and tabulates 1%. Some say as much as 10. But let's just go with that. 10% of the morbidity and mortality. So 10% of the adverse event, right now, right now we have a couple million adverse events and harms in VAERS. Are you telling me, are you then telling me that it's really 20 million? Right now we have about 45,000 deaths. Are you telling me it's really half a million deaths that the vaccine caused? Yeah, I know that. I believe that. What President Trump needs to do also is he has to make sure that we could take all farmer, 
all doctors, medical doctors who were part of this. We're not going to let medical doctors free as long as it takes. As long as it takes, all the vaccine makers, all the CEOs of those companies, all the bureaucrats, all the technocrats, all the alphabet health agencies, all the officials who partook in this, this was the greatest crime. I'm trying to tell it to you in my words. This COVID pandemic was never a pandemic. It should never have been called a pandemic. It could have been managed quickly in a couple of months. It would have been done. We needed none of this vaccine, this garbage. This was a fraud, and President Trump was right when he said this is a hoax. Yes, it was a hoax. It was a fraud. But they, but they trapped him. They trapped him by giving, when he, Burke said that, just give me them two weeks. Once he bit, for those two weeks to bend the curve, Burke wrote that. We knew we had him. She had Trump by his shorts and curlies. She wasn't good. They weren't going to open the society back. That's what she wrote. He didn't know that. He didn't know what they were doing to him. He thought that they were bringing a safe and effective vaccine. He told them that over and over. It must be safe. It must be effective. So even when they came to him and told him about Operation Warp Speed, Mr. President, we could take 15 years and boil it down into a few months. In his mind, well, if it's the same people who are making it safe and effective at 15 years, they probably know what the hell they're doing. So even if they bring it to me in five months, they're still going to make sure to do what needs to be done to make it safe and effective, right? But that's not what they were doing. He thought that's what they were doing. He trusted them wrongfully. That was a catastrophic error on his part by trusting them. They were hollowing him, him out from the inside. I want them all to be locked up. Lock them all up. Put them all in jail. And um, what I wanted to say is that President Trump said something recently where he said that in, in a second term, he want to bring back executions and firing squads. And he even said, I'll even consider the guillotine. Now, I know President Trump does things to provoke people. So I don't know if the guillotine will fly in modern 21st century America. That was a big thing in France, in the, in the French Revolution, blah, blah, blah. The Renaissance or whatever you call it. But I don't mind that either. If a judge tells me that these people kill people with their policies, deliberately even if it's shown, it doesn't matter to me how the judge imposes the death penalty. The judge says it's a death penalty. I'm not going to argue with the judge. Who am I? Who are you? To tell the judge he can't impose the punishment he, he or she wants to impose. I'll go along with what the judge says. Trump is right. All those criminals running in all those stores, beating up and shooting up people and killing them. We need a firing squad. We need to grab you by the collar, drag you onto the pavement. Black, white, yellow, Chinese, Indian, any, any ethnicity, any religion. You go and you kill innocent people. We dragging your tail onto the damn pavement and we walking with the firing squad. I don't even want a trial anymore. If we have you on tape, if we've seen as you just shoot all those people dead, I gonna give you a trial and waste more money? No, 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 no. Justice. What you're not understanding is the the the, the one factor. There are two things. You know, I I I read a lot of science, 
but I read everything. I talk to a lot of different people because I love education and I love to learn. I'm very curious. There are two things, two factors with this law and order crap. One, home ownership, owning a house is the one way that you reduce crime. We look any country in the world, anywhere in the world, anywhere, low-income, middle-income, high-income countries, wherever there's home ownership, what areas there's less, little, almost no crime. That's something that you need to keep in the back of your head. You have to find a way to help people achieve that American dream. Make it, put it within their grasp, you know? I know we're all not supposed to live together. I'm not calling for that. I know that. But I'm just saying, people must be able to own something. And when a man or a woman owns their own home, they take care of their community. They look out to their community because this is where they're living and this is where they own. They take care of their yard, their house, their outside, their inside. Home ownership is key. And another thing is predictability of punishment. When we look at the best social science research shows, that in those countries where the predictability of punishment is swift, harsh, rapid, those are the countries with less crime. When somebody knows, when Johnny knows, that if I go in there and rape that woman and beat her up to a pulp, that I'm going to lose my arms and my legs by the time I walk down the street. If Johnny knows that, and that is very predictable, and he knows it's going to come in one hour. Johnny not going to rape that woman. See, that's the key. We have all of these sick bastards on death row. Doing all the madness that they're doing. Killing people. Committing egregious, depraved crimes. Depravity. And yet they're in there for 20, 25 years with 25 different appeals. That's not right. The victim need justice. And they need to see it swift they need to see that loss quick and i'm not talking about brutalizing people and dehumanizing them no but if you live in a civil society and these are rules and 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 stuff to govern our behavior and all of a sudden you decide to step out of civil behavior and the norms and you decide to rape people mug them kill them up do them all kinds of bad things pedophilia all that kind of crap then you have said, I don't want to live in normal civil society anymore. The, the rules and the procedures that govern everyone, they don't apply to me. Well, okay. If they don't apply to you, they don't apply to you. So we have to treat you like the animal you are. Swift, vicious, rapid punishment. You commit X crime in two hours, this will be the punishment. And plaster that all over the subways everywhere. And what we need to do is the first one to test it. The first one to test to see if you're serious, you take him in the public square or who, and you deal with them. You deal with them. If you say if you do this crime, you will be hung. And he did it, take him to the public square and the one on one hang him. Let the public and all of the other would-be criminals see. I guarantee you, nobody will touch anything after that. That's the way we have to do it. We have to be hard. And we need a Mandingo. We need a Rambo. We need somebody with vengeance like President Trump for what they did to him and his family. He needs to go back up in D.C. with vengeance 
and tear it down and burn it down. I don't mean literally. I mean figuratively. But you need to take the CDC and the NIH and all those agencies down to the studs, fire everybody and bring in a flamethrower and flame the whole thing down. So anyway, let me get to the end of this uh, segment. You are, you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Please on the iHeart. I want to thank Malcolm. You, you have no idea. I talked to Malcolm repeatedly. This is a good guy. I didn't know this guy's heart and, and, and he's a real warrior. He's a real lover of America, the borders, the language, the culture, the flag, the military, the customs, the way of life, law and order. That's Malcolm. I love that about him. And I love that he's allowed me onto his show. And I'm in with giants like McCullough and Reich and Brigham, etc. So anyway, I want to end today by telling you, check out my uh, podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora. 